to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. What's going on, Coach Gordon Roberts? Oh, not much, Daryl. I'm in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and loving life. Wow. Wow. I bet it's beautiful out there. But, Coach, let's get right into this this NFL football. You know, uh, last night, your, your hapless Saints won their very uh-huh. first game. Um, Drew Brees broke a record, uh, 400 touchdowns. Wow. You know, I was really happy to see him with the win and throwing 400 touchdowns. You know, a good guy, like I said earlier in the season, I think the the Drew Brees era has passed the New Orleans Saints, and the wins are going to be really tough to come by, um, especially if we're counting on T.J. Spiller to to produce a touchdown like he did last night this season. Well, Coach, the thing about it is it does look like they are starting to gel a little bit more, but you know you can't hardly tell because how really good are the Dallas Cowboys? It doesn't look like they can win anymore without uh, Tony Romo, and uh, you know, and he's not going to be back for eight more weeks or six more weeks. Yeah, well, you know, when we look at um, um, Brandon Whedon's numbers, they're, they're, his numbers are good. You know. Uh, 16 or 26 or 246 yards, one TD, no interceptions, you know, and when, and Drew Brees, on the other hand, he was 33 or 41 for 359, two TDs, no interceptions. And both of their quarterback ratings, um, as a matter of fact, Brandon Whedon had a higher quarterback rating than um, Drew Brees, a rating of 80.9. And Drew Brees was holding a, a QBR of 80.7. So I don't think it's um, Brandon Whedon that's that's gonna be that that really hurt them so much last night as the lack of tackling and and the bad performance and players being out of position and uh, as a matter of fact that last touchdown that Drew Brees um, threw you can obviously tell that this linebacker was out of position they they, they indicated after the game that. Um, the line that the linebacker that was in that position had gotten hurt play before, so they had a, a second string linebacker in, or uh, for that game the second string linebacker, and he was out of position. And you and I both know just being out of position a little bit in that league is really out of position, especially when you're going up against a speedster like T.J. Spiller, who has not had, um, um, who's not had any. Um, He's been out for the whole season. I think that was his first game back. So his legs were pretty fresh. Hey, Coach, we got George on the line. George, what's going on? Hey, Darrell, how you doing? Hey, George, loving life. Everything is beautiful up here in North Florida, Palm Coast, Florida. Everything is very nice, except um, that embarrassment that hurt my gut 
and it made me feel for Coach Joe Broski and some of those other guys that have gone on. And, you know, it just really did hurt me, man, to see the uh, University of Miami go down to Cincinnati the way they did on Thursday night. It was very embarrassing. Yeah, you know, to me it kind of, if you look at the first, Cincinnati's first touchdown, to me this kind of embodied uh, the lack of, uh, whether it's the coach motivating the team or the team not feeling motivated. Their first touchdown, I'm thinking, like last played Sam Linebacker, a guy comes down, he gets the running back in the backfield, right? Now, either he was trying to get a better grip on the guy or he was trying to strip the ball. But either way, he had it tied up for a little bit, and I'm watching the uh, – Weak side defensive tackle, I'm saying, all right, son, you know, it is called game tackling. You can get in on the tackle. Yeah. And he's just standing there. Like, well, okay, you know, Sam Lightbacker, he's got it. And the guy breaks free, and I'm thinking, where's the hustle to the ball? Yeah. You know? And if you think back when you were playing, and my play, my old coach, who was probably there, I don't know if he was there, Arnie Romero, I was talking to him uh, afterwards. You know, when we played, if you weren't, in the frame of the of the, the game camera, if you weren't in the frame before the camera went off, and you chose not to run during the game, then you're going to run at practice the next week. Right. You know? It's called pursuit to the ball, George. And to, to me, that just, uh, that kind of epitomizes. I mean, you think about it, run to the ball. Where's the hustle? Where's the intensity? You know? And then at times, you know, they would tease us. I'd see I one touchdown, the whole left side of the offensive line pushed their defense line in the end zone. Now we go further in the game, and on a three-man rush, they take our center like he's on greased rolling skate, roller blades, you know, and they push you back into the quarterback. I'm thinking, wait a second, didn't Memphis put up 55 points on this team? Yeah. Why aren't we going, why aren't we getting our receivers, why aren't we getting one-on-one with their quarterback that can't be that good, right, and challenge him to cover him? Well, on the flip side, why aren't we pressuring this redshirt freshman quarterback, play tight coverage with our cornerbacks? I know that's not allowed in the last four or five years. You've got to be at least 10 yards off the ball, or I think they think there's a flag or something. But force him to put pressure on this redshirt freshman quarterback, make him beat us. You know, he gets the pressure. We're tight coverage with the corners. He's got to throw the pass quick, and we use our athleticism. We pick it off. But it's just, you know, it's hard to watch sometimes. It's it's very very hard to watch. You know, it's it's almost embarrassing to, um, yeah, to see this yeah. team perform the way they perform, and it just doesn't seem to have um, any intensity on the field. I mean, it, you just well, you know, it, 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 it's it's the technique. In fact, I was talking to old Coach Romero. I said, you know, Coach, what is it? He said, they don't teach, and I think just in general now, they don't teach technique. They teach scheme. To me, with Golden, I think with inferior subpar athletes like at a temple, they don't have the ability to understand maybe technique. They don't have the athleticism that once they read their key to have the athleticism to then go the proper direction. So therefore they run a scheme and kind of get everybody going one way. You remember, you go back when you're in high school, right? If you were a bad defense, you slanted left, you slanted right. Because you didn't have the ability to take on the guy one-on-one in front of you. And I just wonder if at that, I mean, I know with, uh, Anthony Ciccolo, all they talked about in the combine was, wow, what a great first step he had. But he was never allowed to use that here. It was sit back and catch. I'm watching the defensive line. In this game, I'm watching him kind of dance with the offensive line in there. I'm going, you don't want a, an offensive lineman to lean on. You remember what Coach Tarver used to say, waits only for that Nebraska game, 83, waits only effective if it's leaning on you. Why do you want to uh, lean on offensive hey. linemen? Give him the advantage. Plus, they're big, they're overweight, they smell, you know? You want to get away from them. I agree, you know? 
Hey, George, thanks for calling. We got another person on the hold, George, and uh, we got to get to some of these callers. I think this is, um, we just want to, I just want to vent and let people know, let Coach Golden, I guess the whole University of Miami Nation know that, hey, things have to change down south, man. I really think things have to change. Hey, George, thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger okay. on the for you and Radio. All right, sure thing. Thanks. Care. Hey, uh, we got Chris on the line. Chris, what's going on? How you doing today, Dale? Hey, doing real good, Chris. What's going? How, how are things up there in Georgia? Well, things are great, but you know we got our our alumni up here, man, and and we're we're like everyone, we're disappointed with things, situation where they are right now, and you know I think there's a lot of issues that they need to address, but I think you know Al is basically worn out as well. We need to make a change. I don't think he has the ability to get the program back where it should be. Um, I don't see the players playing hard. I don't see them playing aggressive. And there doesn't seem to be any accountability. And that was one of the things that was always very prominent during the days in which we played before. You had to be accountable for your position. Otherwise, you didn't play. Right. It's not happening. Right. And when you let a basketball school beat you on national television, Cincinnati, come on. Wow, come on. Something's got to change. You know, Chris, I went to a a watch party. I was invited to a watch party in Jacksonville, Florida, actually Orange Park. And I went over there, and I proudly represented University of Miami National Championship, had my UM hat on, UM T-shirt. But um, I was so embarrassed by halftime. It just, it just really made me feel bad to be honored at this, at this party and for that team to perform the way they performed with, with no intensity. And you're right, no accountability. I mean, nobody is actually saying, hey, my bad. Let me get this thing rolling. Hey, man, let's, let's do this. It's no one, no one stepping up and um, showing leadership or passion as far as I'm concerned. And if you don't have a passion for that game, you, you're not going to be where you want to be. You know, you know Dar, I, I tell you what, you know, I, I never like to ever look at the University of Miami in terms of how we need to model ourselves after other people. But I tell you what, the one thing you can look at at certain coaches, particularly look at the Alabama situation. Alabama will be up 20 points, 30 points. But if, there's, if they're failing on the field, you see that coach going up and down the field, getting people fired up, letting them know that they got to own up to what they're doing. Al is two-mile-mannered. Come on, man. we we, we got to get somebody who's got some fire and is going to make these kids bring the best of them out of them, make them play as hard as they're capable of playing, and get them motivated to play. Right now, we're just rolling out there because our name is University of Miami. We've got nice, cute uniforms. We're going to win. It's not happening. Time not to make a change. No, things have to change. And, you know, and, and Coach Golden is one of the few coaches that I see that never has a headset on. I mean, it, it must be something really critical to see this guy go to a headset. And to me, he's not engaged in the game, and he's not engaged in his offense and his defense and his special teams. You know, he's just not in that position, as far as I'm concerned, to, to not be engaged in every aspect of the game. Yeah. Well, I, I just think this is, this is big for all of us. I mean, this program, for many years, it was almost, you know, done. But somehow we got it back on program in the late 70s and, and in the 80s. We rose up and did great things. And, you know, you got to treat that with a certain amount of passion. It's not there. I mean, his demeanor is all the same whether you're up or losing. And that, that just can't be. I understand you have to keep your composure at certain times. But, you know, you, the, the leadership starts at the top. And players feed off their coaches. Without so a doubt. Without a doubt. Get, that's what we're getting. Nothing. 
We're getting we're not getting anything. And um and when we're looking at his performance at the University of Miami, it's just not up to par. And uh, and what he's done for the program lately is nothing. And and I and I say nothing. And right now, you know, coach Coach Golden has a record of what? He's four and one right now, and they're going in to play Florida State. You know, but when you hear players, former players, you know, saying things like, we have the same kind of talent that Florida State has, but our players are not coached up like Florida State players are coached up. Is that a yeah. big feather for Jimbo Fisher, or is that just a real slap in the face to Al Golden? Yeah, well, I think I think it's a it's a clear example of, of the staff and and you know, I, I guess Al can't shoulder all of the blame, but he's the head man. And I don't know, Shalala, who's got to get this ball rolling, but something has to change because in order for this program to get back where it should be, or even to be more competitive, I mean, we're, we're not even going to look at that as a, as a factor going into the season at any conference, championship, or anything. We're, we're an afterthought. And there's no reason for that to be the case with the, with the lot of, of talent we get coming into the school every year and the level of talent we put out in the pros every year. It's, just, it's, it's unbelievable that we could be viewed in such a low regard. And um, I don't know, maybe the right people need listening to this story, the, the administrators, the boosters, but somebody's got to get something done and then correct this, this situation. It has to be fixed, Chris. And... and yeah, and, and what about this? Last year, well, how many people we had drafted? How many people go to NFL? Last year, and we go six and seven? Yeah. And, that and then you that look in up itself these... is, is a clear example of the kind of talent we got that's not being used correctly. I mean, our guys are going on. Travis Benjamin, those guys are making, you know, huge impacts on their teams in the NFL, but yet still they're suffering a medium, act, you know, average team at the collegiate level. So... And pretty soon you're going to have your former players, you know, basically disconnecting. Because I got buddies saying, look, I'm not going to go to the game because I'm going to get upset. I'm starting to hear that all around. So you have yeah. former players starting disengaging with the university. And, I, and I hear it all the time too, Chris. You know, and, and it is disheartening. And I, and I used to be that guy saying, hey, man, come on. We got to go and support our program. And um, now it's, it's almost embarrassing and it's disheartening to see this team perform the way, way we've seen them perform lately. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And something has to happen. You know, and, when, and, now, and, and you, get, you get the nation fired up, man. You get them going, you raise hell, get everybody mad, make some changes, <laughs> man. You, you, you're the voice of um, the nation, the hurricane nation. So you get them going. I appreciate what you're doing there. Hey, Chris, I appreciate you too. And don't be a stranger to the Sports Info UN radio show. We appreciate it, Chris. Okay, Daryl. Good talking okay. to you. Always okay. good. Hey, and, and, and guys, when we look at last year in the draft of 2015, Eric Fowler, uh, Flowers, he was the number one pick offensive lineman to the New York Giants, uh, Philip Dorsett. A lot of people talked about that pick to uh, Indianapolis Colts, but a second-round pick was Denzel Washington, uh, Denzel Perryman. Um, Clive Wofford was a third-round pick to the Oakland Raiders. The Cleveland Browns took Duke Johnson in the third round. Um, uh, John Feliciano was the Oakland Raiders' fourth-round pick, and Anthony Ticcolo was uh, was a sixth-round pick. Uh, one of the guys George Hallis was talking about earlier. Hey, man, when when you're putting out this kind of this kind of talent into the NFL, and and we're still not competitive 
on a college level, I think that's something to be said about our program and um, it's, it's something to be concerned about a, as well. Yep. So, hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America radio. We'll be back after these messages with more sports information. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Today, Joe Philbin got fired as the Miami Dolphins head coach. Uh, this came as no surprise. And, uh, you know, a lot of people expected a lot of things from the Miami Dolphins this year. And Joe Philbin has not had a winning record in his four-year career at Miami. So, Coach, what's your feeling on this? Joe Philbin came in yesterday and said that, um, you know, his job, he thought his job was secure after the game well, last night. You know, Darryl, you know, I hate to see someone fired always, but if they're not well, you know, uh, Stephen Ross is the owner, and he said that uh, he respects his character and character, but he thinks that uh, 
that the program wasn't moving forward, and, and he wanted to go with uh, Dan uh, Campbell, who's the tight end coach, as the new interim head coach for the remainder of the season. And he told, he said that uh, they still feel like Campbell feels like they can still make the playoffs. I, I don't think. No, that's well, the case. you know, uh, and then Campbell came out and said he thinks that. Uh, Bunch of games. You know, he's he's saying stuff like, you know, that you've got to say as an interim. Yeah. Well, coach, this team um never really appeared to um recover from the Richie Incognito. Uh, yeah, I don't think that uh, the Dolphins are uh got superior talent. I don't think they have inferior talent either. You know, no, but it sure didn't. Yeah, and uh, they don't—they don't have inferior talent, but they—they, they, I don't think they're I maximizing. Know we both kind of like the. Uh, yeah, they're not maximizing the talent that they do have, and I think that's that's definitely. And you know, spending all that money for the tackle, supposedly the best. When they come, uh, Sue, I think he is one of the best tackles. That's that's what I'm, that's one of the points yeah. that that uh, Philbin's ha- has, has had is that he's not maximizing the talent. You know, I don't think Sue was great last year, and he's just not great this year. Now, don't get me wrong; I, I think every player has an individual um, responsibility to play at a high level, at his highest level, every time he touches the field even professional, especially professionals. But I, I also think that a coach has a, has a responsibility to get the most out of his players, um, and that's mentally and physically. And when we look at some of the things that the Dolphins are doing, it's just not a lot of sophistication with their offense, and we just don't see a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of blitzes and, and, and exotic blitzes from their defense either. So I don't think Philbin is. I think he was over his head from the onset. When he got the job, he was over his head. He was a good coordinator, and some guys should be, just be good coordinators. They should never be um, head coaches. And maybe he's just one of them guys. Hey, Coach, you know, I, you know, I listened to Norm Turner talk to yesterday after their game. You know, he said, you know, he is more comfortable as an offensive coordinator than he is the several times that he's been a head coach. And so all said and done, maybe that's the, the thing with uh, Phil. Maybe he, you know, maybe Joe Philbin just needs to be a coordinator and uh, not wear the big hat. Yeah. You know, and it, and it wasn't long, long ago um, when Todd Bowles was the interim head coach, the current um, coach for the New York Giants. He was an interim head coach for the um, for the Miami Dolphins um, for a season two years ago. So, you know, this is not the first time they've gone through the interim um, coaching thing. But who are they going to be considering to come in and take over this Miami Dolphin uh, program, this Miami Dolphin NFL franchise? Uh, I, I, I would have to think that it's going to be someone very big and popular. You know. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe Sean Payton will get fired this year from um, from the um, from the New Orleans Saints, Saints, and he may be the next coach 
for the Miami Dolphins, but I just assume that it's going to be somebody very big, a big name, and it's going to be a popular person that that we'll see um, in that position. And, and hey, you never know. Well, we they, saw, I mean, they reached out to Nick Saban a few years ago. Maybe they'll reach out to another college uh, hot guy, you know. No, it won't be a college guy. It won't be no. Um, 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 Kelly, uh, Skip Kelly, uh, Chip Kelly has messed that up for everybody, Coach. It will not be a, a college guy. It will take a, a good long time for an NFL franchise to take a look at a college guy to come in and run a franchise. So it won't be a college guy that comes in and takes over this Miami Dolphin program. It's going to be somebody. Um, you know, if, if Bill Parcell was ten years younger, they'd be begging him. To, to come there, but um, but but it it um, uh, oh man, Mangini, um, the guy that's out now, I think he's a defense coordinator at um one of one of the programs out west. Um, but he he's he's a candidate for a possible um, uh, head coaching job, possibly with the Miami Dolphins. Um, but I don't know who it is, but it'll be someone from. From from within inside the NFL, it will not be someone from the NCAA. No. What Gruden, coach? Gruden is inside the NFL. It's in Miami. Uh, Gruden is a is a perfect candidate, and what I mean, he brings star power. Um, they're going to offer him a lot of money. If it's it, and to get him away from that cushy job he has with ESPN, it's going to take a lot of money. Uh, and hey, it might be eight million, eight point five, nine million a year. Who knows what it could be to get him um, to leave his job at at the uh, at ESPN. However, because it's a Florida-based team, he's he lives here in Florida. I think um, that that would be a tempting job for him. An intriguing job for him. So that was a good call, Coach. And I, he might be a good fit. Well, I, I think I think you know Gruden with the uh, with the Super Bowl under his belt, um, he's a good fit for anybody, and, and especially when we look at him, um, he still has youth on his side. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he, he he still has youth on his side. Yeah. Oh no, coach, he's not that old at all. Where this no. interim head coach is just instantly thirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I don't think they're going to stick with this guy Dan Campbell because he's thirty nine years old. He's been a you know he's a tight end player and he's been a tight end coach, but you know he's never been a coordinator, and I think that's a that's an issue. Yeah, it is. It's definitely an an issue. And, uh, you know, Rob Chazinski, his name is going to come up. I'd love to see the Miami uh, Dolphins get. I I would, too. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see that, too. But but, uh, it's hard to say. um, You think so? It's it's hard to say, Coach. Um, I I think it's going to take, like I said, I think it's going to take a lot to get um, John Gruden to to leave ESPN. Uh, that's, that's, that's one of those jobs of a lifetime. He only works a few days a week. Um, and I think he, I think he really loves it. A lot of people have tried to, um, um, get him to leave that job. 
and and he hasn't, you know. Um, so it's 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 hard to think that he would leave leave now. However, like I said, um, it's in Florida, and his but last job was in Florida. Like he lives in Florida. Yeah, and and he lives in Florida, and and his family's here in Florida, you know, and and I think his family's over in the Tampa area, which is not far from the Miami area. You know, you, you hit Alligator Alley, and, and you're there, you you're in Fort Lauderdale in, in two and a half hours, you know. And in their cases, you get on your helicopter, and you you're in um you're in Tampa in an hour, you know, or, or forty minutes. So uh, I, I think these these guys, he that could be a job that could be um, tempting to him. And um, he's only and 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 Gruden was born in 1963, which which makes him hey, he's 52 years old, coach. I think he's he's very young. Um, he's already he's already won a Super Bowl, so this could be an enticing job for him. And um, who could not love living in the city of Miami? You know, if you're gonna if if you're gonna be anywhere that you have to work hard, and trust me, head football coaches put a lot, a lot, a lot of time in. No better place to be than in Miami. And hey, you're and not Dolph- Sorry, yeah, I am, I am a little, I am a little coach. I'm a little prejudiced when it comes to South Florida and Miami. However, you know, maybe maybe the traffic might make him change his mind. But like I said, there are ways around that. And um, trust me, I think they take great care of him down there in in South Florida. So uh, he Chucky could be a a, a good candidate for the um, Miami Dolphins head coaching job. And I'm sure tonight on Monday Night Football, they will bring that up at one point or another about um, about him going on and considering um, taking the Miami Dolphins job. That'd be a miracle if he said tonight, oh, I just took the Miami Dolphins head coaching job. Yeah. Yeah, that would be something. Yeah. And that would be, uh, and I don't know if they would come out that quick, but uh, it, it would be nice, Coach. Uh, we'd say we, we, had the, uh, we had the call. <laughs> uh, hey, Coach, but um, yesterday, you know, speaking of, of calls, Peyton Manning Maybe just... we should call the owner of the... Peyton Manning just did not look very good. You know, he, he's... Um, the, the, the Denver Broncos defense looked outstanding, but Peyton Manning in a whole, it, it, he, he appeared to struggle um, quite a bit. And, and, and when I say struggle, you know, um, 17 to 27, uh, 213 yards, one Coach, touchdown, two interceptions. He is 4-0. And 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 I, I I give it to him. He he's four and zero, but Peyton Manning is struggling, and the Denver Broncos defense is is, is playing some outstanding uh, uh, football. You know, I, hey, oh, so, I agree. You know, they they they're creating turnovers. Um, you know, not giving up a lot of yards. This this team is 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 playing some pretty good football. You know, and and uh, coach, I think he, he, I think his 
Running back situation is getting better, not worse. And so maybe he'll be able to finish up uh, another good year. I don't see him winning the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, hopefully he'll have a great final year and, and, and retire. I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not counting him out for, uh, for the NFL playoffs because all, we, we all know if you get hot in the playoffs, you can do a lot of damage. And, uh, and we've seen teams, um, wild card teams, go on to win the, uh, win the Super Bowl. So I'm not, I'm not counting Peyton Manning out at all. Uh, I'm just saying right now he, he's, he's, he appears to be struggling a, a little bit. And um, those two interceptions are, are, are eye-catching and an eyesore on his stats. And when you look at his QBR rating of 49.9, that's not good. And he was he went up against Teddy Bridgewater, who threw 27 of 41 for 269, one touchdown, and and his QBR rating was 66.4. You know, um that that's not a, a quarterback rating of um of someone that you would expect to take you to the Super Bowl this year. But hey, he's Peyton Manning, and we still have to say that when we when we when we talk about him. Hey, he's Peyton Manning. Yeah, but and I'm coach. You know the Cardinals lost this week, and uh, and I'm not sure that uh, that, that the Dolphins. You know, I'm not sure that uh, the Denver Broncos won't uh, have the best record in their conference. Oh yeah, for sure they're undefeated. You know, and 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 uh, I think Nick Foles deserves a lot of credit for. For um, keeping this Rams team together, they're two and two right now. Uh, but we saw the beginning of something that could be very, very special in this league, and that was Todd Gurley get his first start yesterday for the for the uh, for the Rams. And uh, 19 carries, 146 yards. Wow! Uh, this is this is a, a running back that we're going to be seeing something. Yeah, and, 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 and this is a kid that suffered an ACL injury last year at the University of Georgia and was still drafted in the first round um, by the Rams. And he played like a veteran, Coach. Yes, yes, played like a veteran. And, uh, and, and he's going to be very special, Coach, and I, I can't wait to see a lot more of him. Um, I, I, I like to say he runs like Eric Dickerson or – or some of these other great running backs of the past, but I can't can't put him in, in any of those categories yet. I'm just going to say uh, this kid is running like Gurley, and he don't look like a girl when he's running. He looks like Gurley, you know. Um, but, you know, on, on the other hand, Coach, um, uh, Carson Palmer suffered his first loss yesterday, uh, 26 of 49, um, 352 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a QBR of um, 51.9. And Chris Johnson, um, guy that got shot in Orlando over the summer, uh, is still still playing and producing well and, and, and doing some good things for um, for Arizona. Chris, uh, 16 rushes, 81 yards, the longest run with um, 21 yards. Um, you know, uh, Wilbur Montgomery, the running back coach for, um, for St. Louis, came out and said uh, before Chris Johnson came to camp, and he got to camp late, that Chris was already the best running back they had. So 
he was right, and Chris continues to, to, to do things. So keep up the good work, Chris, and keep your nose clean. Don't get in no trouble when you come back home. You know, if he can just do that, he'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. But, Coach, um, Nick Foles, I... Coach, now you think they want Chris in Arizona during the offseason? Please. They want him to leave town and come back to Orlando. They don't want him in Arizona. <laughs> hey, but hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back after these messages with more sports information. station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. 
Coach, um, uh, a message just came across. Charlie Strong has just been. Oh, hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. Wait. I, I take that back. He didn't get fired. He didn't get fired. But wow. Will Charlie Strong make the year? I mean, you know, come on, Mac Brown got to be really got to. He has a smile on his face every Friday night when I listen to him on ESPN. And I look at him on, on ESPN doing his thing. But Charlie Strong is not doing very well in, in Texas, Coach. Um, let's talk about the number one team, Ohio State. They, they're still number one, 5-0. and oh. But uh, this, They may be 5-0, and oh, but they're the worst 5-0 and oh team out there. They're they're struggling every week. They're just barely getting by. I think yeah. Michigan State, which is number two in some polls, uh, looks stronger than they do, and it'll be interesting when they get to play. Yeah, it is. It is going to be interesting um, when they do play. But uh, right now, you know, Ohio State they play the teams in front of them, even even though they it might be Indiana. They beat over the weekend 34-27, and this was a battle to the end against Indiana. And next week they play Maryland, and then they play Penn State and Rutgers and Minnesota and Illinois. They really don't play anybody until the last two games of the season when they play Michigan State and Michigan. But uh, that's just how the, the, the ball rolls sometimes. The cookie, the cookie crumbles. This is just how it is every once in a while. And, uh, and I'm sure Urban Meyer is happy that his, his team is – is playing a weak schedule and, and, and winning. I'm sure he's more happy about the winning than he is about the weak schedule. But, Coach, the number two team in the coaches' poll and in the AP poll is TCU, Texas Christian University. And, um, hey, Texas Christian put a whopping on, um, on Texas and Charlie Strong on Saturday. The score was 50-7. to seven. Uh, In Texas, those kind of those games get you fired. Yeah, I agree. And there was some horrible things said about him, I'm sure, um, in his face, uh, behind his back, in writing, on video, on Internet, on text, on Twitter, on Facebook. Man, there's been some horrible things said about that Charlie Strong in Texas. Well, Coach, uh Charlie's a big guy, and he knows that's part of the territory as a coach. Uh, when you're winning, everybody loves you. When you're losing, you're a bum. Yeah, and we've been around long enough to know how that works. Yes, and and you know, and Charlie got this is his second year at, at Texas, so um, you know this is not a he's had a little time, and uh, I think he should. A lot of people expected a lot more from him. Yeah. Well, I, I thought he would do better than that. Yeah, well, he thought he'd do better than that. Yeah, if anybody thought he was going to be doing better than that, it was him, I'm sure. Yeah, so I, I I thought he'd do better than that too, Coach. But, hey, Charlie Strong is in a lot of trouble, and and he'll be another guy that will be a good defensive coordinator somewhere very soon. You know, very soon. And, and and there's some rumors out there, Coach, that Chip Kelly will be the next Texas coach. Really? So if Charlie Strong gets another year, it'll be because Chip Kelly has – well, in the NFL, they're probably going to be wanting Chip to be gone after this season anyway. So uh, it's a possibility Chip Kelly could be the next Texas coach at the end of this season. 
And um, because, you know, he has two years left on his contract in Philadelphia, but that doesn't mean anything. We know that. Yeah. But, Coach, let's move on to this college football. Baylor, the number three team, is um, in, in, the, in the AP poll. Baylor is the number three team in the, in the, in the, college, in the coaches' poll. Uh, Michigan State is the number three team. And I tell you, this Michigan State is a hard-nosed, hard-playing football team that they deserve the number three ranking. Uh, they deserve all of it, and, and I'm giving it to them. I'm happy to see them there. Yeah, I am too. Um, it looks like um, – who do you uh, – Coach, uh, where do you have LSU? Well, you know, LSU is behind Utah – in the AP poll, Utah is number five at four and zero. Clemson is number six at four and zero, and the LSU Tigers are four and zero, but um, they're the number seventeen team in the um, in the AP poll, Associate Pre- Associated Press. In in the coaches poll, um, LSU is the number five team behind Baylor, and uh, and Clemson is the number sixteen. Utah is number seven. Now. I would agree more with that poll with having Michigan State number three and LSU at number five. Okay. Being and a former did, coach, maybe that's why. Yeah, coach. And what's, and what's uh, the deal with, uh, well, the Gators in Alabama in the power ranking polls for uh, CBS are eight and nine. What are you showing them with the coaches poll? Well, in the Associated Press, uh, Alabama's ranked number eight. Behind LSU, um, the Florida Gators are ranked 11 behind Texas A&M at nine, and Oklahoma at 10. Um, Alabama has one loss at number eight, but we know how that goes with the Crimson Tide. You can have one loss, sometimes two losses, and still be in the top 10 or the top 20. So that doesn't surprise us to see them with one loss and and being in the um, and being in the top 10. And what's so funny, the team that beat them, Ole Miss, is below them at number 13 in the coaches poll and 14 in the AP poll. So, right. uh, uh, you know, um, some people have a lot more pull than others. And in the, in the AP poll, Alabama is ranked number eight, Coach, which is almost disgraceful when Ole Miss beat them for them to be below them. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, we got to think now. You know, Alabama lost Ole Miss. However, they came back this week and and just destroyed um, Georgia, Georgia and and made it look made them appear as though they didn't deserve um, have they didn't deserve the ranking they had um, thirty eight to ten in a game that Georgia was never in. Right, and they dropped them out of the top twenty in my poll. Yeah, there and 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 in the coaches' poll. Uh, in the AP poll, Georgia's down to 19, and in the coaches' poll, they're at 16. And 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 I I could see that with one loss and losing the uh, Alabama, but I, I'm still a little disappointed to see um to see uh, Alabama ahead of uh, uh, Ole Miss. Now, um, I'm really it, it, Florida State. You know, is this a is this a legitimate Florida State team? Uh, the Associated Press, Associated Press doesn't really think so. They have them ranked at number 12, 4-0, uh, behind the Florida Gators. And then in the coaches' poll, they're ranked number 8, um, ahead of Oklahoma and Alabama. 
You know, it, it, it makes you wonder, um, is this a legitimate Florida State team? And we saw them lose their running back, Cook, over the weekend with the, with the hamstring issue. He's probably not going to be able to play at all um, this week against Miami. But will they really need him against Miami? I don't know. Well, Coach, what I'm wondering, what kind of bothers me is, you know, uh, Notre Dame had been struggling and then they lost this week to a Clemson team that looked pretty good. And they're still in the top 20. I wonder about that. Yeah, Coach. Um, you know, but they're, they're in the top 20 uh, with quite a few teams with one loss. You know, and to me, this is, it, it, it happens like this every year. It's almost like this is how we keep um, some of the big-name teams like Notre Dame and some of the West Coast teams in the polls. Here it is, USC has one loss, Michigan has one loss, UCLA has one loss, and all of those, all three of those teams are, uh, and Stanford has one loss. All four of those teams are uh, in the top 20. And to me, it's almost like we have to keep the West Coast into this thing, keep them in, keep the West Coast interested in football because we don't put them in the top 20 or we just, they'll never make it to, um, to even a big bowl. So I think that's what happens a lot of times. But two loss UCLA team, they have to be behind an Oklahoma State team with no losses or a Cal team with no losses or, or an Iowa team um, that's 5-0 and and no losses. And are we going to take this team Memphis um, serious this year? Uh, that's 5-0. and um, Will they be in consideration for to take over some of these teams with two losses in a few weeks at rank at, at uh, rank 25 in the coaches poll. Well, you know, coach, you, you think that uh, those guys deserve a shot, but you know, who have they played and how deserving are they? Uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to play uh, the likes of, you know, and that's what I've always, one of the reasons I've always supported the Southeastern conference is all those guys on any Saturday can beat each other. A Kentucky team has been playing really well. Mississippi State has been playing really well. And so uh, if you're a Georgia and you got to play Alabama, who was mad about losing to Ole Miss, that was a bad call, uh, scheduling them like that. But that's what happens in the Southeastern Conference. You better bring your A game every week. Uh, but, you know, some of these guys, you know, who, who has Memphis played uh, in their five wins? I, we say, we, we've said that about TCU in the past, too. But they can only play who they have in front of them. And, uh, you know, TCU used to get, get ridiculed for the same thing. Who did they play? Who have they played? Well, they played the teams in front of them and they beat them. And, uh, and in some cases, they had to beat them down to be recognized. I'm not saying Memphis is in that, in that position uh, yet, but it wasn't that long ago when we were talking about teams like, um, like, <clears throat> like Utah. You know, wow, does Utah belong in the top 20? You know, um, so, hey, you got to start somewhere, and, uh, and Memphis is, is, is starting down at the bottom right now at 25, 
And if we look at them uh, five or six weeks from now and they're 10-0 and and they're ranked in the top 12, I think we have to say, hey, they're legit. They beat, they beat the teams in front of them. Well, I, you, know, I, you know, Coach, when I look at the conferences, there's two or three conferences. I think the ACC, uh, Southeastern Conference, and even the Big Ten now uh, have some legitimate teams that you can say on any Saturday can beat anybody in the nation. But I can't say that for some of these, you know, like the Sun Coast, you know, conference or, uh, you know, some of them aren't nearly strong enough to line up every week and go against Michigan State, Alabama, uh, you know, those guys every week. I, I don't see it. Coach, they used to say that about Boise, you know, and, and Urban Meyer. And I, I agree. But when he went up against the big boys, Oklahoma and the Fiesta Bowl, and, um, and they did the Statue of Liberty and won. You know, well, we, I agree. We, we, had to, we had to take a second look at these guys. And I'm telling you, I understand. They don't play in the, in the, in the Big Ten. Uh, they won't be playing Ohio State and Michigan State and Iowa and Northwestern. But if they beat Cincinnati, Cincinnati beat University of Miami, um, and they're 5-0 and right now, and in the top 25, and like I said earlier, in five or six weeks from now, we look up and they're 10-0, and I think we have to give these teams a legitimate um, look because if they were playing Rutgers, if they were playing Indiana, if they were playing Maryland and beating those teams, or playing Air Force and beating those teams, I think we'd be saying, hey, um, this team, this team legit, and those teams that I just called out are the same teams that Michigan State is going to be playing this year. When I say Air Force, Rutgers, Indiana, Maryland, hey, there's no teams that that's that's not a lot of it's not a lot of firepower there this year in college football. But hey, guys, thank you for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Coach Roberts, we'll see you next week. All right, buddy, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.